Welcome to Words Matter, a series of informal conversations with people sharing words that matter to them. Whether it's quotes, poems, lyrics or film clips, words have the power to inspire us, provoke new thoughts and even change the way we live our lives. I'm your host, Kevin Watson, and I've been interested in how words engage, ignite and direct our imagination, not only as a coach for the past 17 years, but for as long as I can remember. In each episode, my guests will share words that matter to them, where they've come from, and why they play such an important part in their life. I have another three guests for you today, two returning and one new. We start off with Karen Christensen. Karen, what have you got for us? This is from my favourite, favourite ever book. Okay, and what's the book? To Kill a Mockingbird. Right, okay. And my next one is, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb inside of his skin and walk around in it. Mm, Cool. Um, Why does that particularly resonate for you, Karen? I think because there are always two, at least two perspectives. And in terms of, of, of what reality is, how can we really ever ever truly understand somebody else's reality? Mm. You, you know, that's really difficult because we're looking at the world through our own eyes. And, mm. and I think as empathetic as we are as coaches and as skilled as we might be as coaches and facilitators, we never really truly can get inside of somebody else and see, you know, what their, their reality is. Mm. But it's always, for me, the desire to try. Yeah. To try to understand that other people have a, a point of view, a yeah. different point of view from, from, from mine, and actually to try and place myself into their shoes and say, what might, what might it look like from here? And you know, I, I can always remember doing an exercise of, of looking at, I think it was in NLP when we are doing our NLP practitioners, but thinking about everybody on different hills. Okay. Plot, plot yourself and everybody around you on different hills. You're, wherever you are, you're all seeing different different bits. Yeah, yeah, and that, that really resonated to, with me to say whenever I'm perhaps struggling with somebody's behavior or point of view or perspective is, well, what is it actually that they're, they're, they're seeing, hearing and experiencing and feeling? Because, you know, if I can at least appreciate that, that then will help me in my relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a level of tolerance that, you know, this world could do with, um, I don't think there's enough people out there that do, do that. Um, you know, if you look at the world at the moment, you know, yeah. people, are, I feel, just look at it from their own perspective. I, I really struggle with the word empathy in the context of coaching. And I'm mm-hmm. doing coaching work, you know, not teaching, but helping people to appreciate coaching mm-hmm. and, and say, you know, what are the characteristics, what are the skills that a coach might use? And people use empathy always yeah. it and go back and talk about it. Because if you, if you take that concept that you said, that you can never really understand someone else's reality, mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. Uh, then don't bother trying to understand the reality, but understand that they have a different reality. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I absolutely agree with you on that. It's it's really important to do that, but don't try and understand it because you'll never 
truly understand how they feel, how they think, how they see. No, and I think, you know, reading a lot of, um, of, of literature in the past few weeks with Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter campaign and what happened in America, it's, it is, that's really brought it to the front is that although, you know, I grew up in the West Midlands, I, I went to a school which was made up of lots of different um, ethnic um, minorities as well as, as as British white kids. It's really made me think about actually, you know, what do I need to be to be a white ally to 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 others mm. um, from uh, um, minority cultures? Because as whilst as I've always believed myself to be really open and tolerant, I've never stood in their shoes. Mm. I've been and and understood some of the pressures and the barriers that they've come they've come across mm. and yeah it just sort of for me just held up a little bit of a mirror and said okay there's you know things that I need to consider as well as as, yeah. as much as I think I'm a really tolerant person yeah. I, I'm still not considering what it might be like for, for the people and actually being an advocate and a, and, and a, and a proper ally. Thank you, Karen. Next, we have a new guest, fellow coach and podcast host, Peter Griffiths. Peter, what are you bringing for us today? Oh, where do I start? Uh, one of my favourite bands, I don't know if you've heard of them, they're called Cinematic Orchestra. They released an album back in 2019, and it's even more rele uh, relevant right now, you know, with COVID still going on. Uh, and it's an album... I don't usually listen to albums like I used to when I was younger, you know, the old school way of putting a, a vinyl record on. And I used to just listen to it on repeat. But nowadays with the overabundance of digitization, I guess I just listen to whatever piques my interest. And unfortunately, most of the time, not unfortunately, it's just I'm usually listening to spoken words versus music because of the podcast side of things, right? Yeah. But there's one song and it's called Wait For Now, Leave The World. Uh, you could say it's a bit of a romantic song, which surprised me when I pondered about it because I don't know, you'd have to ask Vera, but I, I don't really see myself as such a romantic guy. But then I guess if I'm a musician, I must be in some shape or form, right? Yeah. So one of the lyrics, it says, take my hand and see where could we go when you take the leap, leave the fear behind. And there's another part uh, in one of the verses where it says, guilt and pain has made me honest once again. So can I show you all the lessons learned now? And for me, that's, it's about being vulnerable and having insights for yourself. You know, this is an experience, life experience. And, and I think the whole album for this, uh, where this song came from, is about the challenges that we face right now. <laughs> COVID aside, you know, social media, we're bombarded with lots of different realities and what reality is ours. You know, what can you grasp right now? Yeah. And I think that lyric, the, the lyrics resonated with me even two years ago, but even more so when I was playing the song, uh, you know, even doing a bit of research for this podcast, I kept playing the song again. I was like, wow, I see, I see it in a different way. And it, it's impacted me in a different frame just because, you know, when I agreed to be on your 
podcast, what piqued my interest and excited me was you, you said, pick some lyrics, pick a song that resonates with you. And I was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there we yeah. I, I was interested there as you started talking that you you said the, the song, the track was romantic, didn't really perhaps consider yourself romantic. But you then, when you started to talk about it, introduced the word vulnerability and, and vulnerable. Do you consider yourself to be vulnerable in terms of, a value, not necessarily that you are vulnerable as identity? That's a great question. Yeah, 100%. I'm a human being, right? So therefore, I've had an experience of being vulnerable. Whether or not you own up to that in, in the frame of, you know, let's go there for leadership, for example. I had to learn quite early on in my career that being anyone else just didn't really fit. It's like putting someone else's wonky shoes on, right? Uh, let alone the size. It, it just doesn't, it's, something feels wrong about it. And in my, in my early leadership gigs, I tried to copy other people's behavior because I didn't really have the right skills or experience at the time. And I, I learned quite quickly that I needed to show up and be authentic. And part of that is actually allowing yourself to be vulnerable and just accepting it when it happens, but also sharing it. I think this is a great example of leadership, right? That if, if you share with your people, with your team, that actually I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I really don't know the answer. It allows other people to feel safe and therefore be vulnerable as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and you said that this these lyrics had taken on a different perspective, different meaning during this moment in time than it had done previously. What were the contrasts? What would be the meaning you might have taken a year or two ago and the meaning that you're taking from it now? I guess the similar, but like anything through human experience, right? And and this is, even though I'm a coach, you know, doesn't mean to say that I'm not still learning. And every time I look inward, I'm going to say look inward, I'm not saying looking inside myself, I'm just reflecting, I'm just putting the brakes on and slowing down. The lyrics impacted me, for example, today when I looked at them, it was like... Uh, it's really about realizing and understanding that think of those moments where you've been able to tap into your resilience and creativity and it's okay to be vulnerable, even though it feels really uncomfortable, right? But knowing that once the, the, the overthinking passes or you settle down, your thinking settles, you always get access to wisdom. That's where, you know, the good stuff lies. Mm. And it was just a reminder of that, that it's, through adversity that we really learn it's experiential right yeah it feels terrible at the time going through these roller coaster of emotions but it's only through that that you actually get to learn and get insights Mm. Uh, and I think that's what the lyrics are saying, or at least to me, you'd have to ask the person that made the song really. But for me, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like art, isn't it? I always think that lyrics and well, all words, but particularly lyrics, poems, and, and those that are written to do this, specifically to do this, is that they are, uh, of course, the person who wrote it, and you'll know this far better than I as a musician, but I um, always think of my son when I think of this. He writes music and he plays music. And the meaning I take from his words is often very different to the meaning that he put them out in the first place. They're not not the same. But it doesn't mean that... Uh, that that's they're any worse for it, if you like. It's the, I think the beauty of words is in the beholder. It's the, it's the love thing, isn't it? Love is in the beholder. So, or beauty is in the beholder. So you kind of see these words and you draw your own meaning from them, I think is right and proper. And I, I'm wondering, is this, if you kind of looked at your earlier self, teenager self, perhaps early 20s self, 
would your earlier self have seen that vulnerability piece? Actually, if you'd asked me a couple of months back, I, I, I would still be pondering that. But actually, I had a good conversation with my mother recently, and she reminded me that actually I was willing to be vulnerable quite often, even though I didn't have the right tooling. I didn't really, obviously, as a young human, I didn't understand the psychology piece back then, that's for sure. Hmm. But I was still okay sharing when I wasn't feeling right, even even as a, you know, a young person and my mum reminded me of quite tangible examples in school when I fought against the teachers because you know I know we talked about this offline but I didn't really enjoy my experience of education back then although mm. there's nothing wrong with learning and education and you know getting new information and knowledge it's just that the teachers back then for me as a very deeply creative emotional person just didn't really have the right skill set or that's what I could see to be able to engage with me and, you know, keep me motivated and interested. And that's, that's what led me to play up and, you know, bug school and do things that I wouldn't recommend any young person to do nowadays. Mm -hmm. So th these words in some ways may play to something that's already there within you, that's something that was either inherited or learned as a very early age. Maybe, yeah. I think that when you listen to any lyrics or, again, you get reflective, right, you're always going to be impacted in a new way. So therefore, for me, if you get curious about song lyrics or just listen to it without any anything on it, you know, I must get something out of it. Because I don't know about you, when you listen to something and try and force something out, that just doesn't feel right either, right? So for mm. me, it's like, okay, I'm going to listen to it. And I'm not really thinking about anything else. And I'm not mm. trying to force anything. And therefore, you should get new information. Or maybe if it's not new, it might be a different uh, a different layer this time. For me, it's lots of different layers of awareness. You know, mm. how many times have you listened to the same poem or lyric or watched the same film to only get impacted? And, you know, depending on what kind of mood you're in at that time, what emotional state you're in, you can be really impacted both positive and negative, right? Mm, mm. There's often layers as well, right? So, you know, that yeah. or saw something, well, I don't know whether it must be unpeeling perhaps rather than layering on, but, you know, you'll see something the first time and then something else the second time, something else the third time when they're really good metaphors, really good lyrics or good poems or good films, I guess. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. And finally today, a returning guest, one of our favourites, Sarah Hughes. Sarah, what are you bringing for us this time? Again, talking about um, friends when they've been in difficult times, I, ha I had a, this song means a lot to me, in the, in very similar to the other three. But this particular friend, um, she was she'd just gone through quite a difficult breakup, and she we were we were out in a bar. And she bumped into some old friends of her and her partner. And um, and they were very judgmental of her. And um, it really upset her. So I played her this part of the song um, because that, those friends were thinking that they had to take sides. And, and they'd taken sides with her partner, not her. And they told her why. And that was really judgmental. And I said to her, don't worry about it. They're being critical of what they think is wrong about the way you're living your life. That's their problem. So this is, uh, so it says, I always wonder why 
people try to hurt me. No happiness in their own lives, so they act out all their jealousy. Who are the who are you to say that I'm living wrong? Always telling me what to do. I've decided that I've got to be strong. What makes you think that I needed you? You don't know me. Okay, and that last part is just phenomenal. What makes you think that I needed you? You don't know me. And and that for my friend, great. That worked for her uh, in that situation. But that really works with me as well. Um, thinking about all the other songs that I've just said and, and the lyrics there that I've, I've quoted. You know, it's um, we have this idea that people need us and um, and that we need them. But actually, why do we think we need these other people? Sometimes we don't. We can do this without them. So what makes you think that I needed you? So people behave towards you as if you can't do without them. Mm. But you can. Mm. So, so it, and you, you start to realize that that's what's keeping you in the same place. Because you believe that they, that, that they know you need them when you don't. Mm. So if you just take that for a moment and think to yourself, do I actually need them? And what makes them think that I do? And then realize that they don't actually know you anyway. Mm. Especially people who you work with, they, they don't really know you. Mm. You know, you, you behave in a certain way. You follow the code of conduct, you stick to the rules, you uh, make sure you're a diligent employee, and you, um, but actually they, they don't know you. And, and this is true. And when you leave places, you, you know, when you work with people, you think, I've got so many friends who I work with, but how many of those people do you actually keep in touch with when you leave? You might have one or possibly two people. So actually, you it, you come to realize that you were only friendly with them, but you weren't friends, and that's quite different. So there's quite a lot going on there. It's about, you know, moving on and, and realizing for a moment what is actually important. And, yeah. and um, but I think also people's attitudes towards you, you know, judging you, um, who are you to say that I'm living wrong? Mm. Um, so I've always telling me what to do. I've decided that I've got to be strong. What makes you think that I needed you? You don't know me. I like the, 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 the all four of those quotes, those lyrics that you've chosen all have something that binds them together for me. And almost like a, a nice journey that you started with, you know, don't be hard on yourself and that judgment that we have on ourselves, that inner judgment that we apply. And then we end with one, well, you know, you don't know me, so don't judge me type thing at the end, which is, you know, we don't want other people to judge us either. So we want to make sure that we live, live a life that we're not judging ourselves and not being judged by others and that not needing people. It's rather nice connection, I think, with the with those four clips that you give us. So thank you. Yeah. I think there's certainly a theme going on there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, repeated theme. A sense I'm getting a sense of from from just 
listening to those lyrics and listening to you sharing your thoughts about those, a strong theme about independence and not being judged and not being judged by self and living in the present and carving out your future uh, in a way. And, and someone who doesn't want to be uh, seen as needing others uh, would rather probably want others in, in her life but not necessarily needing people in her life and, and being strong and being a strong person for the world and for those around them. Would that be fair? Yeah. I'm happy to be there for others. I, I love helping people. I love being there for people. Um, and, and that's, you know, something that hopefully, you know, my family adore about me, you know, that, um, and, and I care about the staff who I work with and, and who work for me and with me. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, it's, I, I am quite um, switched on to the fact that work is work and that um, sometimes, you know, there are some people behave in a certain way because they have to, but actually some of that might be that they have certain feelings about you and they work with you, but they uh, those could be, it could be jealousy, like I say, you know, in that song there. Uh, I always wonder why people try to hurt me, no happiness in their own lives. So they act out all their jealousy. Um, I, I think that that's true. There are some people you work with and they say, especially people who've moved to quite high positions, you imagine that they they are very deserving, they love their job, they've got there because that's what they wanted. Actually, they could be uh, quite jealous of your life because it's much simpler than theirs. They mm. they've ended up there. They they would rather have a simpler life, and now they've they've got the a job that pays more money. That means they've got a bigger mortgage. Mortgage, so they're kind of feeling trapped. Mm. You know, um, so there could be a lot of jealousy around that, and that's. That's a personal thing, and that interferes necessarily with your with your working relationship. It's um, so it's, so it's quite interesting. And again, it's think about thinking what other people are feeling, not assuming that they're feeling what you think they are. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I mean, we never really know, will we? We'll never know what someone else is thinking or how they're yeah. approaching stuff or they're feeling. We just won't know. So, uh, and many we just try to assume uh, we also then allow that to affect us, which is you know a tough notion when you think about, it, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I remember my young daughter used to bang her head occasionally on the car door as she was coming out of the car, and she would shout, "You know, Dad, what you, what you done?" And I, well, it wasn't me. <laughs> you think it was me? <laughs> what were you blaming me for? We want to seek some external <laughs> excuse, some some reason why someone's behaving a certain way when there might not be any reason at all or certainly no reason connected with us. Uh, yeah. Nothing to do with us. And, I, and it's that, again, that's kind of strong sense for me of the choices that you've given us today is that <clears throat> they're all kind of connected in reinforcing that sense of ourself and being okay with ourselves so that we can have a life which we can live according to how we want to live it without other people infecting that with other people getting in the way of that thank you so much and thank you to all of my guests 
Karen Christensen, Peter Griffiths, and of course, Sarah Hughes. Most of all, thank you for listening. I hope in some way these words have inspired you, and I look forward to bringing you more next time on Words Matter. Thank you.